friends, you've now entered the Man Cave Podcast, unplugged and unfiltered. This is a podcast where the topics are mostly about sports, but sometimes we mix in some other items, like, is Bigfoot real? Who is the best Batman? You're guided through each episode by a man who's the man for his time and place, Dan Casper. So welcome to the Man Cave, and stick around for a while. You're going to like it here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Dan Casper here, as always. Appreciate you checking out this episode of the podcast. Uh, we're going to do a little instant replay from the from the radio show, the Dan Casper Show, uh, Monday morning, September 26th. Going to be recapping the Packers' victory over the Bucks, and then talking a little bit about uh, college football. Is college football boring right now? I want to know, is college football boring to you? Same teams at the top all the time. Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia. Is that boring to you? Unless you're a fan of one of those teams, right? So chat a little bit about that with uh, uh, my good buddy, uh, Justice Cleveland. But before that, all right, sidetrack a little bit here from, from sports because got to say, watch the latest season of, of Cobra Kai guys and gals it's freaking awesome so it got me thinking too like i'm a big fan of of the cobra kai series in fact while i'm recording this little original content part of the the podcast here i'm wearing a cobra kai t-shirt so but it got me thinking too it's like i know there's been a couple other ones i've done this i you know like but what i was saying is like movies so like older movies i wish more of them would do like what cobra kai is doing um you know it's the old karate kid movies but like instead of doing you know, sequels, how many years after the fact, or or redoing the movie, do like a do like a series like like Cobra Kai is doing on Netflix. So I like I know a League of Their Own is doing something similar, uh, where they got a series on like Amazon or, or, or Peacock or something like that. But you know, instead of like and, and movies, I get you know you're looking for the big payday for movies, right? You know, the big lump sum right away. But I feel like for for some of these movies, like. You know, instead of trying to, you know, redo them or or come up with a sequel, how many years later, do like a series, do like a series, like like they're doing on Netflix with Cobra Kai, and it's not all of them are going to be. I think Cobra Kai is awesome, so not all of them are going to be as good as Cobra Kai. But I just think it's it, it's funny, it's intense, it's just great, it's awesome, and I wish, you know, I wish more entertainment industries or or, or or whatever you want to call them. I wish more people would do this instead of coming up with a movie all the time. You know, I know they got like Hocus Pocus 2 coming out after the first one, after how many years. Everybody, like my wife's so geeked up about that, so jacked up about that. Um, you know, so okay, it could be good, it could be great. You know, but I think there's certain movies instead of, you know, making that sequel or instead of doing a remake of it, you if, if you're creative and you can you know, come up with a, with a series with it, like 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 Cobra Kai, they've done a fantastic job of coming up with a series to kind of follow a storyline with this, and I think you can do that with some of these, you know, older movies instead of remaking them or or coming up with a sequel. Make a series on it. Make it a limited series. You know, you do ten episodes and then you wait a few months. You do another ten episodes, something like that. 
You know what I mean? I mean, each episode is like 30, 35, 38 minutes long, too. So, yeah, it all up. It's actually like a couple movies maybe, you know, in there. So, I don't know. I, I think it's it, whoever came up with that. I know it started off with like a YouTube series and then it just kind of exploded after that. But I was just thinking about that. Like, what would be some other movies that you can make a a series on, like 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 what they're doing with Cobra Kai? You know, I was trying to think about that for a little bit. I almost feel like you need a couple movies. Like you, can you do it with just a one-time movie? You know, I know what they. You know, could you do something like with the with like the Godfather and all? I know they tried doing something like a little prequel stuff to it, but I feel like it would have to be a movie where there was at least a couple of them. You know, so I was I was trying to think about that for a little bit. But if you have any thoughts on there, hit me up on Twitter or Facebook. You know. Maybe instead of doing another Creed movie, you could do a Creed series or something like that. You know, I don't know about that one, though. But I was trying to think of like some other older movies. like Because yeah. even like if you do a series, you can bring in the different actors and you can make those like appearances. You can even still bring in the older actors, but you know you can kind of pick up where you left off with those old movies instead of repeating the same storyline. You know what I mean? Like what Cobra Kai does, you know, so have the flashbacks of the old movies and, and that sort of thing. So, um, I don't know. It's just, that's, I'm trying to think of some movies and it's one of those that I feel like if you're trying to think of it off the top of your head right away, you're struggling to think of. So that's why I'm, I'm asking you guys, what, what other movies out there do you think could be made into a series like, like Cobra Kai out there? Um, I don't know, maybe like a Harry Potter thing, but that franchise is like way, way, way too big to probably start a a TV series. Same for like The Godfather. I know I mentioned that, or The Hobbit. I mean, they're, they're movie series. They just, they can pump out whatever the hell movie they want, and they're going to make cash on that. So it would have to be like maybe not the, the biggest movie series of all time, but a lesser-known movie series. So I might have to revisit this a little bit later on. Maybe like a Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't know. Trying to think of again, I'm trying to think of movies that there was at least a couple of them with because I think you have to do it with uh, at least you know movies that have a couple of them in there. Maybe like an Ocean's Eleven series. Maybe you could do like an Ocean's Eleven series, something similar to that. Possible. Maybe like a little. They used to do the TV show with with Mission Impossible. So, uh, Die Hard, no Twilight, no horror ones. Maybe a little bit like with. With like Freddy Krueger and such, but hmm, think about it for a little bit and hit me up. All right, let's do a little instant replay, okay? Uh, we're going to start it off uh, talking, recapping Packers Bucks, and then uh, a little college football talk with my buddy Justice Cleveland. Your tailgating headquarters is at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. Their top-of-the-line meat department, which includes the Dan Good Burger, will make you the talk of your tailgate party. And the dips for snacking? Those are what will make you an MVP on game days. And you never have to worry about Hy-Vee not having what you need because their shelves and coolers are always stocked up with your favorite goods. Be the MVP of your tailgate party with the help from another MVP. That's Hy-Vee in Eau Claire, located at 2424 East Claremont Avenue. Packers getting a victory yesterday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 14-12, in case you haven't heard. Uh, Who stood out to you? If you were to pass out some game balls, who would you pass some game balls out to? Well, I've got a few of them. Um, I, you know, I, it's hard to just narrow it down to, to a couple because I feel like there's a few people that deserve some credits in this game. Yes, I know there were some hiccups and a lot of people frustrated with the second half offense. 
And, yeah, there was a lot to be frustrated about. But at the same time, you do have to give a little bit of credit to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have a fantastic defense, too, for adjusting and adapting. And you could say, well, Green Bay's offense didn't adjust and adapt. Yeah, you can make that point, too. But they still got the win. They still got the win. But how about first my first game ball? I'm going to give it to Dave Bakhtiari for just getting back on the field. Now, hopefully, knock on wood, no setbacks, nothing nothing popped up after the game. He's all good and that sort of stuff. But just having 69 back on the field, there's that swagger, there's that confidence, solidifies the offensive line. You've got perhaps one of the best backup left tackles now in Yash uh, in the NFL. I know there was some talk about, oh, you know, if, if Bakhtiari is back for good and and, you know, he's out there and he's serviceable. Do you put Yash over at right tackle and slide Elton Jenkins into one of those uh, guard spots? Remember, it was Adam Stenovich who said in, in training camp that Yash has some stuff to work on at right tackle, that he's a much better left tackle than he is right tackle. So, I mean, they would have to feel confident in his ability. They would have to feel like, you know, there's not going to be that much of a drop-off, and that's not a knock on Elton Jenkins because Elton Jenkins is a fantastic offensive lineman. But they would have to answer the question, is it better to put Elton Jenkins replacing one of the guards, Royce Newman or John Runyon Jr., and putting Yash at right tackle, or is it going to be better to keep Elton at right tackle and those two guards there? You know, that's something that Lafleur and, and Butkus and Stenovich are, are all going to have to, to figure out there. But let's just give a shout-out to, to David Bakhtiari for getting, getting back on the field, playing 56% of the snaps. That was part of the plan. It was going to be on a snap count. It's going to be on a rotation basis, series by series. Uh, Lafleur did say after the game, though, that Bakhtiari was not a fan and not in favor of the rotation part of it. But, you know, getting the rest off after, what, 22 months, if you don't count that Lions game, and going out there against a very heavy pressure Buccaneers defense and that heat, give them a game ball. Uh, Romeo Dobbs. Get him a game ball. Getting his first touchdown reception as a as a pro football player. Also becoming the first Packer not named Devonta Adams since Randall Cobb did it in 2018, week one of 2018, to catch eight passes. Think about that. Up until yesterday, only one receiver in the last four years for Green Bay. That's... 2018, that's Mike McCarthy's final season. But it took that long for another receiver not named Devonta Adams to catch eight passes from Aaron Rodgers, and it was a rookie in his third game. Romeo Dobbs is starting to gain the trust a little bit more week by week of his quarterback. We're starting to see that a little bit more. And he's going to continue to get more opportunities. He had to this week with no Christian Watson and and Sammy Watkins on IR, which we haven't really talked about yet. Sammy Watkins on injured reserve, so he's going to be missing. Well, he missed this game. He's going to miss at least the next three. Hamstring. Apparently sometime in practice. It's like Clay Matthews and hamstrings. There, four weeks. But Romeo Dobbs definitely gets a game ball. Definitely getting a game ball. Um, you know, kind of going back to the offensive line, though, too, with, with Bakhtiari, you could probably give a game ball to the majority of that offensive line because, you know, even Aaron Rodgers mentioned it uh, after the postgame. He got, you know, hit 
three, four times, which is you know going up against a defense like that, a, a, a dream scenario, getting sacked one time. And it was kind of one of our, our key matchups or keys to victory heading into this game that we talked about uh, uh, beforehand was the protection. Tampa Bay came into this game as leading the league in sacks. And looking after what happened in week one with Minnesota, what they were able to do against against Green Bay, getting that pressure on Aaron. Whew. So offensive line, perfect. But also the game plan. The game plan of getting the ball out quick. Quick passes. Sticking with the run. AJ and Aaron, even though it was a grind and you know they didn't get over 100 yards rushing or, or anything like that. Um, but sticking with that 24 carries and then just the yeah offensive line and, and the game plan I think kind of all deserve a game ball though too Rodgers his quote after the game the protection I thought was great I got hit maybe three or four times with one sack that's kind of a dream type of day especially against the front against that front on the road yes they were missing Akeem Hicks but they still had plenty of playmakers up there um, I mentioned him earlier. I've mentioned him since week one. But and, and Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers mentioned him after the game. But what Pat O'Donnell has meant to the special teams group cannot be overstated. Does he have the biggest leg in the world? No. Does he have 70-yard punts all the time? No. Does he have five-second hang times? No. Is he freaking consistent? Hell yes. Five punts inside the 20 yesterday. I believe tied or broke a Packers franchise record. That the awesome, you know, nugget there, but just the consistency and the directional kicking too, getting it onto the sidelines. You know, we've seen great kicks when JK Scott was with Green Bay. You know, we've seen a couple, a few kicks, but it was the consistency factor, right? It was like he had some great ones, especially in the early part of the season, but then as the season progressed, it's like, oh, what the heck? Flipping the field. Never really giving Tampa Bay great starting position. I think for the longest time, their best starting position was at the 25. And that was based off of a touchback from a kickoff. So what Pat O'Donnell has done in the first three weeks is just provided some stability to that punting group. And I thought it was interesting uh, last week, Rich Passaccio let it be known that, that Pat O'Donnell kind of calls what, what he's going to do. He's going to do a directional kick, he's going to go left or anything like that. It's Pat O'Donnell's call. But I want to give him a game ball, too, because just having that consistency back there, I mean, how many, for the last few years, you know, we've been kind of like, okay, we're going to get off a good punt. Can we flip the field? It's kind of nice to, to see that happen on a consistent basis. And then, you know, Nixon. I think he gets a game ball, too. He played the most amount of snaps out of anybody defensively and and special teams. Had to come in with a Jair injury, forced a turnover, played some good ball. Remember, he was the guy who made the play in week one, too, and, and really hurt his shoulder there. But the coverage on special teams, him and Ford had a couple plays down there. Nixon deserves a ball, too. Campbell, Devondra Campbell deserves a ball, a game ball, 14 total tackles, eight of them solo, had the tip at the end of the game. Kenny Clark deserves a game ball. 
That man's already ha- that man already has thirteen pressures from an inside uh, from an inside defensive lineman. He only trailed last year, according to our good friend Ben Fennel, Aaron Donald, and Chris Jones among interior defensive line pressures. Kenny Clark still doesn't get the credit he deserves this year. Leading into it, thought there was going to be more opportunities for him to make a name for himself, to maybe boost up the stats so he gets that popularity. couple of sacks yesterday. Kenny Clark, man. That run defense was a fantastic bounce back after letting Montgomery from the Bears kind of run wild on them. Leonard Fournette couldn't do anything. His longest run was just six yards. Six yards. That's it. Just a fantastic performance from the defense overall. Was it perfect? No. Quay Walker, towards the end there, looked like maybe a little uh, miscommunication or mishaps on you know Leonard Fournette coming out of the backfield in those in those passing situations. But defense, man. I know there's there's Packers fans that are still a little frustrated about the the offense in the second half. I get it. They started off hot. They looked like they were going to go 21-3 or at the bare minimum 17-3. Fumble on the goal line. Kind of took the wind out of the sails. They couldn't do any literally nothing after that. I get the frustration. Also, I have to tip the cap a little bit to Todd Bowles and the Buccaneers defense. Green Bay, you know, in those first couple drives, I mean, they were just converted like third downs were nothing, man. Just like, oh, and, you know, we're going to keep this thing rolling. Then they'd get into third and fourth, third and fives, and it's for whatever reason, they just couldn't get, couldn't pick up that first. It was frustrating. But I think what, why maybe, I don't know, I'm, Maybe I'm too excited, or maybe I'm too pumped up. And I get it, Tampa Bay didn't have Mike Evans and, and Godwin and Julio, and they missed their left tackle. I understand it. I completely understand that. But the thing that has me most excited or, or, or jacked up or pumped up about this game yesterday was because how many times have we seen a Packers team over the years, the last few years here, get into a game like that and you just kind of felt like, yeah, they're going to lose it in the fourth. They're just hanging around. They're letting this team hang around. They can't, you know, get the, cut the snake off at the head. I, I finished Cobra Kai, by the way, this weekend. Cobra Kai was fantastic, season five. A lot of Rocky Four references. Um, but how many times have we seen a Packers team over the years you know, defense is playing good. Offense just can't put it away, and then you know, defense just kind of runs out of gas or, or gives up a few big plays, and game's over. They lose. Defense stuck it out the whole game in that hot environment, weather-wise. He's still Tom Brady across from you. He didn't have anybody to throw to, but it's like, but he's still Tom Brady. He's gonna figure out a way, right? He's how many times has he done it? Even though he's like 75 years old, he's still probably going to find a way to do it. But that's just the defense stuck it out and got it done.
that's what got, has me, I think, the most excited about this game is that they didn't have any of those hiccups. Like Kenny Clark said after the game, you know, last few years we don't win games like this. They did yesterday. That defense performed like the expectations that we had for them in the preseason and the offseason. That was that type of performance. Even like when Tampa Bay would start off with a drive with a 20-yard pass, it's like, oh boy, here we go. And it would end up in a punt. Or when they tried to do the flea flicker, Green Bay broke it up. Punching the ball out, the peanut Tillman punch outs. We're only three weeks into this season so far. And you just kind of, I mean, we got what? 14 more games, 13 more games to go here? 14 more games, yeah. 17 games. Come on. 14 more games to go here? Keep building and building and building. You know, everybody's excited about Philly and Miami, and I get it, and rightfully so. Jalen Hurts and Tua, they're just balling out. Super Bowls aren't won in September, though. A lot can change, a lot can happen. Keep building, keep stacking success. Green Bay could go on a little bit of a run here now up until that Buffalo game on October 30th. New England, Mac Jones, banged up, high ankle sprain. Probably going to see Brian Hoyer. Giants in London, they're off to a good start. We'll see what they're at at that point. The Jets, now Washington, and that Buffalo game, man. Then we got a tough stretch. I think, you know, starting October 30th, not to get too far ahead, but when you look at that game at Buffalo and the games after that, that all of a sudden now is an interesting and potentially tough stretch. At Buffalo, at Detroit, which Detroit right now is kind of showing, hey, we're not a we're we're not a pushover. Dallas we'll see. Tennessee we'll, you know, we'll see. At Philly, all of a sudden, has turned into a big-time game for Sunday night there. Then in December, whew, Rams, and then at Miami. Got to get these wins now coming up. Got to stack those wins. But see that defense kind of play like they are and build that up, build that confidence, get that mojo going. Offense will come around. I think we're going to start to see more of a connection with 12 and, and 87. Alan Lazard already has that connection. Cobby had himself some big plays yesterday. We're going to see Robert Tunyon be more involved. I firmly believe we're going to see Robert Tunyon getting more and more involved in the game plan offensively as the season progresses. We'll get there. I'm confident in that. So, Hey, what up, everybody? Dan Casper here. I hope you are enjoying this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. I just wanted to send you a quick reminder that If you are not subscribing to the Man Cave Podcast, do me a favor, do me a solid, and subscribe to that podcast. It's free, okay? And we're available on like every single podcasting platform out there. iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Amazon, you name it, we're probably there. And if you, uh, on your favorite podcasting platform, if you have the ability to rate or review the podcast, like on iTunes or Spotify, go ahead and do me another favor, if you don't mind, please. Five stars. Five stars. Leave a solid review, too, if you can, like on iTunes. That way other people can find the Man Cave Podcast, okay? And don't forget to follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Casper Sports. 
and at Twitter at D-A-N-K-A-S-P-E-R. You can even follow me on Instagram, Dan Casper Sports. Remember, that's a Casper with a K. Now, let's get back to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. But, uh, you know, I don't know what can be said because we didn't really have any high expectations heading into the game. But, uh, yeah, Wisconsin got trounced uh, by, yeah. by Ohio State on, on Saturday. 21 points by Ohio State in the first quarter there. I mean, what else can we say when we kind of thought, yeah, they're going to get their butts kicked? And, yep, lo and behold, they got their butts kicked. I don't know what else we could say. Yeah, you held out a little bit of hope after their, you know, big offensive output the week before, but it just it got ugly real quick against Ohio State in that first quarter. You know, twenty one points, offense making mistake, defense making mistakes, and that's just a hole. Once you see that hole against Ohio State, you know you're not crawling out of that one. So yeah, it's one that you just gotta put in the rearview mirror and then what what is this what is this Badgers team's potential this year? it's very much uncertain right now after now being two and two, obviously a lot of season left. You still can make noise and do something in your side of the big 10, but yeah, it's, it's not pretty, but uh, you know, focus on Illinois, right? <laughs> Cause they lost to Illinois at home to Brett Bielema would not, would not bode well, that, especially cause there's plenty of Paul Chris critics out there already. Right. And I'm sure after this game, there's people that are just, you know, furious with them. I'm not one of them. I did think it was kind of one of those games where, yeah, you would hope that you could get a win over Ohio State. But realistically, I don't think this team's there this season. No. But Illinois, Northwestern, Michigan State, the next three, then Purdue. I mean, you these are tough games. They're going to be tough games, but they're games that are winnable. So, yeah, you got to start taking care of especially your own your own part of the Big Ten West there. And uh, start it with Illinois and, and, and Northwestern those next two games because you still have a chance. Mm-hmm. There's still a chance to do something with this season. I don't think the, 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 anybody in that locker room's given up on this season, but it's just a tough, tough loss for them and just an, an embarrassing way. Is college football boring? I mean, I was, I was seeing some stuff kind of being talked about Saturday, Saturday night because. You know, it's like, oh, Lord, it's Alabama, it's Georgia, it's Ohio State. It's always the same teams every single year. So let me just straight up ask, is college football boring for, for a lot of you out there? Is it boring? I, think, I would say I don't think the games are boring because we had some really good games this weekend. But for me, I'm one of those guys. It really I, National games don't really grab my eye. Mm-hmm. The Badgers grab my eye. I am not one who's going to sit down and mark it on my calendar that I need to watch, let's say, like Tennessee-Florida, you know, a battle of two top 25 teams that ended up being a close game. It doesn't – I that's just not me. I don't – but that's just kind of how I am. You know, I'm, I'm just not – I every once in a while I'll throw on a national game, but I'm more – if it's Wisconsin, that's basically the team I'm going to watch, and then I'll watch the recap shows later. So – and maybe in a way it is. Maybe it's just that there's not that – Week in, week out, I don't care to watch Alabama every week. Mm-hmm. I have nothing, no ties to it. Right. So, yeah, I think it's tough for a lot of people to really get into it. I think towards the end of the year, when you start getting maybe, you know, the implications about conferences and, you know, the bowl games and who's going to make the national tournament, that, that starts to kind of give me a little more interested. But, like, for this week, there was good games, but it's it's not one that just makes me say, hey, I need to watch this game that I have zero rooting interest in. Right. And, you know, I, I 
like what you said, the, the games themselves. I mean, once in a while, yeah, you'll have the 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 good games, close games, the upsets. The once in a while, you have the Appalachian States every couple of years, like they did this year with Texas A and M. But then, like when it gets down to to the end and the college football playoff, it it just sure seems like it's the same teams over and over again. You know right. what I mean? So that and I think that's where it gets frustrating for for a lot of people, unless you are a diehard Ohio State or Alabama or Georgia fan. You know, you're, you're loving this, but you know it, it's like, okay. Once you get to that p- playoff, it's like uh, really again. Maybe yeah. the expansion will will change it up a little bit, but. I mean, then you're. I feel like you're going to get at least a couple of those same teams that are always just on the outside. Maybe like a Michigan or or a Clemson or, or whatever have you. But I can see where a lot of people say that it's just it doesn't do it for me. You know, after like that, after Wisconsin lost to Washington State, what was everybody saying? All right, their season's done with because they can't right. go anywhere after that. Yeah, because yeah, you're not making the college football championship. Right. You know, you're not. Even if maybe they ran the table and then won the Big Ten, but two losses now. Yeah, it's not happening. So it, it's tough. And then, like, how am I supposed to get in? You know, excited about Vanderbilt at Alabama, right? Like, there's nothing about that matchup that's taking up like valuable airtime that's getting me excited. Mm-hmm. I think it was Kent State and Georgia was the other one that was on. Like, that was on an early one of the early broadcasts. Like, why? Why? I know how this one's ending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll like you say you get the upsets every once in a while, like Maryland putting up a fight against Michigan to give them credit for that one. But yeah, I, it, I think that's something with college football. But then again, you go back to, it's like how many of us turned on the Sunday night game, how bad it was at times and still watched it through. Mm-hmm. And there's just a little bit of a difference, you know, right with that, you know, like watching an NFL game, that's even bad that than, than to watching a bad college football game. Right. So it's just, I think that's, that's the biggest part. And honestly, I don't know how you, you change it. You know, I just I don't know how you get different teams in there. I mean, it's it's a credit to the programs, it's a credit to the coaching staff and, and such. But you know, I know there were some people talking about, well, do you put a max on scholarships and and all that? I mean, then you're going down a big time rabbit hole at that point. So I just I don't know. Um, well, the other thing was you know the talk of like these major conferences breaking away. Mm-hmm. So then you're gonna it would be even worse. You know, if yeah, they if right. they form their own, and then now you've got two tiers of, yeah, you know, I mean, obviously you have different levels already, but then you would have two tiers of you know Division One f- football with mm-hmm. this major conference. That would just you're going to get the same thing, and they're still going to have to schedule people for non-conference games. So I don't know. I, I not that college football is in trouble. There's no, a ton of no. talent, and it, it gets very like I said towards the end of the year, it gets a little more interesting. It's just hard for me in the middle of, you know, at the end of here of September to get really excited for some of these games that they're trotting out right. as the big games of the week. Yeah, like you mentioned, they're not in trouble. I mean, look at the media deals that they're signing. You know, oh, exactly. Like the big and <laughs> all plenty that. of money flowing. Exactly. So, ah, but, I mean, it sure looks like we 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 got a good idea of what the college football playoff, the Final Four is going to look like, unless something drastically different happens or there's some upsets, but... It sure looks like, and and to be fair too, you know Alabama did have some downtime before Nick Saban was there, right? I mean they they right. weren't Alabama. Ohio State's kind of been like the one team that's just been consistent, consistently up there and good. I mean you go from Trestle to what Urban Meyer to to Ryan Day, and they just kind of kept Ohio State up there, and it's more annoying for Big Ten fans because we've had to deal with it. So, <laughs> yeah, and I, I think too is 
uh, these teams that you know, that are down aren't usually down. Like Michigan, I mean, around all the talk with Harbaugh a few years ago, now Michigan's fourth ranked four and zero. Right. USC, you know, they've had their ups and downs. They're back to where they've been. I think obviously you have some of the surprises, maybe like a Kentucky. You throw them in there as a team that you're not expecting. But if you look up and down the top 25, a lot of those teams that are in the top 25 are top 25 teams year in and year out. Right. Minnesota's crawling up there a little bit. Uh, you know, the surprise NC State. Yeah. Maybe more of a surprise. But a lot of these teams are teams that you see pretty much year in and year out. So that's where the, the trouble begins because you kind of want those Cinderella stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, t- that's kind of like why I think a lot of people gravitate towards the the, the basketball tournament. Yeah, the the center, we, you know, it, it it seems like it's a topic every year when it gets to to the national or to to the to the basketball tournament is like, well, do you want these Cinderella teams in the Elite Eight or the Final Four, or do you actually want like the good teams competing for it? But what what do they always show on their promos though, Justice? Oh, exactly. it's the Cinderellas. Yeah. You know, it's it's the upsets. That's what they talk about. I mean, I honestly looking at the top twenty-five. I don't know if there's a team in there not in a power conference. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that that's that shows you right there. I mean, you got Cincinnati getting some votes, but there really aren't. James Madison's getting some votes. So, I mean, there you go. If James Madison Heck can make yes. it. There we go. Let's go for the Duke Dogs. Yes, James Madison yes. there. Let's cheer for them to to make the run. But most of these teams are all power conference teams. Mm-hmm. So you would love to see just one of those smaller teams make some noise. So. I'm all in on James Madison this year. You know, uh, they should have got some votes, but Kansas needs to be talked about in the top 25, man. Give, yeah, give some right love there. to Lance, baby. Yep, they're one away. So it'd be Kansas State is top is 25. Mm-hmm. Kansas would be 26 if you go by the voting there. Wow. So, yeah, that, good for Lance. And uh, obviously his name's floating around for some even bigger jobs. Oh, yeah. So we'll see what ends up happening with him. But, you know, they got a big game uh, with, with Iowa State coming up uh this weekend saturday on the first yeah so they're yeah i mean if they can get that victory i think they'll get in the top 25 somebody will drop out i would believe i hope that they go on this run because then if they got iowa state they got tcu their next two weeks but their schedule after this justice here you go you ready for this i'm ready oklahoma oh baylor (laughs) oklahoma state oh boy (laughs) then they got texas tech in there but then Texas, and then they finish up with Kansas State. Oh my goodness! If, I mean that Kansas State Kansas has a winning record with that upcoming schedule. Lance deserves all the money in the world, right? If he runs the table, yeah, oh. <laughs> I mean, he'd be in a national title race if they <laughs> run the table at that point. So, yeah, that's that's that'd be quite the run there. But yeah, if he can knock off some of those bigger teams, yeah, he's gonna get he's gonna get paid. I think at the end of this year, no matter what. Oh yeah. Yeah, if he doesn't jump for another job or he doesn't get an opportunity, it's going to be one of those. I think Kansas is like, hey, we're going to agree to a eight year extension sort of thing. Yeah, you yeah. you back the Brinks bus back and then just say, hey, here you go, please stay with us because mm-hmm. you've done a good job. You know, Kansas is one of those teams that's up and down, for you know. But if he can keep them up there, that'd be awesome. Yes, yeah. I mean, it reminds me a little bit of like a like a Bo Ryan sort of, you know, start off, yep. make your name in D three and and climb the ranks and you know i know bo his first run was one year with uw milwaukee and and lance was at buffalo for a couple more years there but it's it's pretty cool to see this rise oh yeah oh yeah just to think of somebody that you know used to watch on the sidelines mm-hmm. around here yep make that run and make that move 
that that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Don't go to Nebraska, Lance. We don't want to cheer against. No, you. Don't, don't, don't. No, go I would tell that to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> do not do it. Don't Stay away because the expectations are unreasonable. And good luck living up to him. Yeah, and I, you know, I know he's he spent some time there coaching for them. So I don't know, like an assistant coach. So I don't know if that would kind of be like, a, you know, he's familiar with it and that sort of thing. But don't do it. Don't do it. Don't no, be. But they, yeah, he might be getting that offer. That's too hard to refuse. So yeah, you can't blame him, right? No, nope. I mean, I think he's fifty-eight years old. So you know, you can you can cash in for a huge contract, or you can stick Kansas. And the expectations aren't there to be Nebraska. Nebraska's still living in like it's the 1990s. Kansas doesn't have as much expectations there. So I don't know. I would stay with. I would go where it's more comfortable than other than taking that prestige job. You know what? We only got a few seconds, but I'll say this: Big Ten, go after Kansas and add Kansas to the Big Ten. That way, Lance is in the Big Ten. So just saying, I, I would say it would fit better than. Maryland or Rutgers. Right, exactly. <laughs> then you're creeping down a little bit to the south a little bit more. So yep. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Big thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. And a reminder, never miss an episode of the Man Cave Podcast by subscribing to the Man Cave Podcast. We're already on your favorite podcasting platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. And don't forget to give us a solid rating, too. That way other people can find the Man Cave Podcast. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper, and we'll see you in the Man Cave.